In Joe Biden's America, it used to be that people thought at least the important thing was making your mark in society. That was the era of the Joe Biden who was a congressman. Well, he made his mark in society running for Congress, making speeches and making claims that eventually led to him being accused of plagiarism, and in fact proven as such. Joe Biden was never a major performer when he was on the college campuses. Joe Biden was never a major anything. Even his career in sports was lackluster at best, not the greatest, or not the worst. Indeed, it's hard to find him on the charts of greatest anything. Hence, he is against anything that stands for greatness, such as MAGA. What does MAGA mean? It means make America great again. That's all it means. So if there is an issue with Joe Biden, it is an issue against, well, performing well. Some of his judicial nominees seem to share that. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas talks about it in a recent hearing of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Now, their job is to confirm judges, nominees to the various courts in the land. These are people who are supposed to be the best of the best, the best lawyers, the best litigators, the best people who can provide the best judgment and fair justice to all people, not just whites or blacks or people of whatever gender choices or bent ideologies. It is just basically fairness. And you generally try and tend to pick the best of the bunch. However, this for Ted Cruz is what this particular nominee pending has a problem with. She's argued over a couple of driver's licenses. And the Biden White House says you should be a federal judge, an Article Three judge, not that you have any idea what in the hell that is. In this administration, if you are a left-wing radical, it doesn't matter if you're competent. In Washington state, is there not a single competent lawyer who is competent to be a judge? And by the way, for all the Democrats, since Joe Biden has become president, every one of you has rubber-stamped every single nominee. Is there not a one of you that is willing to say enough is enough? Ted Cruz has a major point there. Primarily with the left leading the charge in the Biden administration. There seems to be no room for allowing anyone to show any dissent. You know, it's kind of like in uh, Stalinist Russia where, you know, anybody who uh, talked about, you know, what was an excess within the administration of Joseph Stalin, well, they got the free trip to uh, <laughs> Siberia and uh, being stuck in a gulag somewhere. Essentially, it was that, that excellence is something to be avoided, standing out and being exceptional. Even, uh, well, Joe Biden's former president, Barack Obama, was speaking primarily in a recent speech, a commencement exercise, about the importance of being common. 
you know, the common thing, not being great. Because in their mind, being great is, well, it's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. It's a thing that makes you exceptional. It makes you stand out. It makes you talk about things that people don't, in their part of the world, want to hear about. It is why when Donald Trump went before CNN, literally going into the belly of the beast, and made his observations about uh, certain things, a lot of people on the left and in the Democrat Party were very upset. They didn't like the idea that Donald Trump could speak out. They didn't want him heard. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC, or always on cocaine, had her own views on it. Basically, she said that CNN should be ashamed of itself for why was he allowed to speak? Why was he allowed to raise anything? Why was he allowed to share an opinion? that does not confirm with hers. You see, that is exactly what communism is about. That is exactly what silencing someone is about. That is exactly why cancel culture is so hated across America. Just as Tucker Carlson, what it meant. He was removed for just stating the obvious. Okay, yeah, he cost his company a little bit of money when it came to some issues with regards to a company in a case that they probably should have fought rather than just paying off. But such is life. Tucker had uh, specifically this to say on that matter. Something that uh, he put out just a day ago when he basically said that he was throwing down the gauntlet. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have, but that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. How does that work? Let's see. If I tell you that a man has been unjustly arrested for armed robbery, that is not, strictly speaking, a lie. He may have been framed. At this point, there's been no trial, so no one can really say. But if I don't mention the fact that the same man has been arrested for the same crime six times before, am I really informing you? No, I'm not. I'm misleading you. And that's what the news media are doing in every story that matters, every day of the week, every week of the year. What's it like to work in a system like that? After more than 30 years in the middle of it, we could tell you stories. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess, it's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. 
And yet, for the most part, the news that you see analyzed on Twitter comes from media organizations that are themselves thinly disguised propaganda outlets. You see it on cable news. You talk about it on Twitter. The result may feel like a debate, but actually, the gatekeepers are still in charge. We think that's a bad system. We know exactly how it works, and we're sick of it. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. See you soon. And so, we listen to that, and we decide, and we think. Because after all, if you think you are, who said that? I don't remember. Sometimes I don't remember too well who exactly the whole thing is about and what the whole story is about. We try and think and bring out ideas and talk about options in life and how we、uh, communicate about all these things, right? Because that's just part of life. That is part of everything that、uh, that we are as human beings. Yes, indeed. There is a huge difference between Tucker Carlson,、uh, who was a presenter of opinion and a almost infotainment entertainer at times. But obviously, that is, after all, what commercial news is. It's, in a way, thinly disguised entertainment that generally shows off what the world is like or what the world can be. And we look at all of these things. We look at the、uh, the reactions to speeches and talk and everything that was and, and came out over the last few days. And we look at how those institutions that we viewed with many different ways have come out and said they're part of、uh, they're part of everything. It's primarily, partly, why I guess some on the left and those on the、uh, extreme side of things were angered when they saw people cheering Donald Trump. You held onto those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them, and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you、them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah. What's the answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to you. Are a nasty person. I'll tell you. Can you answer why you、very、why、simple. you held onto the documents? I was negotiating, and we were talking to Nara. So basically, you could you could see the attitude there, the, the anger almost from the、uh, presenter who was supposed to be a moderator, but turned out to try and become this. I don't know, quasi interrogator. That's not the job of a moderator at a hearing that is supposed to be a public town hall. It's supposed to be the public talking, and the moderator asking maybe one or two questions, but not badgering the guest. That's why they're called guest. <laughs> Basically, in the eyes of many people, what happened was a public lynching almost. And not necessarily,、uh, well, not necessarily giving a person a, a chance to speak is just what it is.
you know. But Donald Trump has come back and spoken out and said his piece. In fact, he had a very nice long interview on a show that I like to listen to on WABC radio here in New York City. He was on uh, the next day with the guy by the name of uh, Sid Rosenberg uh, on Sid and Friends on WABC. Uh, it's a channel you can look up on the internet. But I'll put some excerpts up for that in the next episode. But as we look at what is happening across the United States tonight, one of the things we're also looking at is not just the anger at excellence and the anger versus exceptionalism, but how basically so much is lost when even the mediocre is pushed aside. Let's listen to someone who had a tussle with Donald Trump the other election, Megyn Kelly. She jumped over to NBC and then jumped over to her own platform to be able to present her views of news. Here's Megyn talking about how Donald Trump basically won the night. And the town hall CNN held essentially pleased no one, especially not her. my thoughts on the CNN town hall last night. It failed on every front except one. It was wildly successful in giving Donald Trump an hour of free airtime to make his case without laying a glove on him. Congrats, CNN. My biggest takeaway on this thing is town halls or debates meant to help primary voters decide on a candidate ought to be hosted by anchors who understand what is important to that candidate's party. I realize Caitlin Collins once worked for The Daily Caller, but her days of connecting with the GOP audiences are apparently over. The topics pushed by CNN in this thing might as well have been selected by Rachel Maddow or the Never Trump Lincoln Project. It's actually possible. It's possible they did it. Though, Chief Lincoln Project guy Rick Wilson did not seem too happy about the execution by CNN. And whatever the fuck they thought they were going to get out of this, they instead <laughs> have set a match to democracy. This insanity should be pulled off the fucking air. Chris Lick, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is astoundingly <laughs> bad for the brand of CNN. It's astoundingly see, bad for the country. And it's- town, halls or debates meant, town halls or debates meant to help primary voters decide on a candidate. See, Megyn Kelly gets it right there. You know, there, there, it's a town hall, it's a debate to decide on issues for the voters. It's not something for, you know, the pundits. And basically, that was a pundit there, you know, this, this guy from the Lincoln Project, which is basically probably the, the worst uh, example of, of uh, someone, you know, posing as a Republican. These are, these are the rhinos. These are the fake Republicans, fake conservatives. You know, they, they're basically Democrats, wolves in sheep's clothing, essentially. Uh, they don these costumes of being conservatives and, and claim to be, you know, for the people who want the laws and want the rules and everything. And they're just upset that Donald Trump somehow made it in. I mean, one guy was so upset because he didn't get a job uh, with the Trump administration. So he, he helped being a founder of the Lincoln Project. Well, ironically, his wife, Kellyanne Conway, you know, was, was there inside the Trump administration as an as a advisor to the Trump administration, which for the life of me, I could never figure out why the heck Trump even kept her on. But eh, such is the ignorance is bliss often at times. When you're in a job like that at the top, you think everybody is for you, and even many of those who are against you are often unseen. 
That is the problem of power. Sometimes blinds you to what is, excuse me, the realities of life. Yes, I actually burped on air. I'm sorry. Hey, I don't have an off button on this microphone. And what does Kellyanne have to say? Opt to be hosted by anchors who understand what is important to that candidate's party. Yeah. So basically, what she's saying is, you know, these things need to be, uh, you know, thought out better and presented better. Of course, she's upset CNN got to have Donald Trump before she could. You know, naturally, she wants to, you know, have her chance and and going at uh, Trump. Um, but you know, she has her reasons for it as well. And uh, you know, she's on Sirius XM. She has her own satellite show and uh, her own podcast as well. How important time limits on answers are when dealing with him. How the way to stop him from talking is to remind him to respect the audience and their time, not just to start talking during his answers over and over and over. Then you look rude instead of Trump. So the thing quickly spun out of control, and Caitlin Collins was ill-equipped to stop it. A town hall is about the audience and the candidate. She should have faded into obscurity while he had his exchanges with the audience. Instead, she hijacked the event by trying to turn it into something about her and her supposed toughness, trying to fact-check him at every turn, and worse, by not knowing when the horse is dead and there's no reason to keep beating it. Here is one example. Would you sign a federal abortion ban into law? Uh, what I would do is negotiate so that people are happy. But the fact that we were able, I was able, I'm so proud of it, we put three great justices on the Supreme Court. We have almost 300 federal judges. <laughs> So, just to be clear, Mr. President, you would sign a federal abortion ban into law. I said this. I said this. I want to do what's right. And we're looking. And we want to do what's right for everybody. But what's right? But now, for the first time, the people that are pro-life have negotiating uh, capability. If they send it to your desk, would you sign it? Some people are at six weeks. Some people are at three weeks, two weeks. Where's President Trump? Uh, President Trump is going to make a determination what... He thinks is great for the country. All right. At, at a certain point, the audience knows the candidate is dodging. You don't have to try to extract the answer like a guard down in Gitmo. Just move on. They get it. They get it. He's not going to answer. You risk making a moment about yourself, and worse, you're wasting precious time. Collins is young. She's inexperienced. In the future, hopefully, she will do better. This time, she was not up to the job. So basically, Megan Kelly being a B-I-T-C-H about the whole thing because she didn't get the gig. (laughs) Yeah, hate to say it, but you know, that's probably really what happened there. Anyway, Megyn Kelly there talking about uh, her views on what happened with the uh, Trump debate and uh, again, her idea of how it was all not great because it involved Trump. (laughs) It involved a conservative or it involved someone that, you know, basically well, you know, wound up being, not her, grilling the guy that basically she made her career out of grilling, essentially. Tonight, America is not really feeling great because there are a lot of things that are not exactly going greatly. For example, the situation at the border. Uh, Title 42 is faded into memory. It's after midnight. And, uh, you know, 
it is, after all, about 5.50 in the morning here in New York City, just a little before 6. And it is, of course, Friday, the 12th of February. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is, of course, Friday, the uh, 12th of May. And exactly right now we deal with a situation that is upon us. And part of that situation, of course, is indeed the issue that surrounds a massive breakdown of borders. And without borders, you don't have a country. A lot of people tend to forget that. Without greatness, without exceptionalism, you don't have innovation and leadership and you tend to fade away. Perhaps that's really what Joe Biden wants, everything just to fade away as he does, along with George Soros and many others. I mean, think about it, look at a guy like Soros. What really has he done for the world? In the whole context of history, what will he be remembered for? Not much. Just causing so much pain and suffering for so many people in so many places. For squandering people's savings and currencies, for tearing apart companies and corporations, for ripping all these things apart and making for things that are not the greatest. I'm Mike of New York. And that's the latest for me for now. Let's make America great again for everyone. Not just those on the right or left, but everyone. And let's try and be exceptional in everything that makes us greater. Because after all, there is only one greatest. And I'm not talking about Muhammad Ali, although he was a great fighter. I'm talking about the greater glory of God, whom we all share. God bless you. God bless everyone. God bless these United States of America, where indeed greatness lives. And that greatness is from glorifying God. Have a great day. Have a great Friday. God bless the USA.